Welcome to Michigan, home of the Big Buck State. This is your host, Jordan Risky of the Nimrods Podcast, brought to you by Prime Archery and Risky Outdoors. If you guys haven't already, get over to iTunes, like this podcast, share it, comment, do everything you can. We'd appreciate it. Helps uh, spread the word of kind of what we're doing and the guys that we're talking to. Um, yeah, just kind of gets our podcast out there when you when you guys subscribe to it and leave us a rating and leave us comments. So iTunes, get over there, do that right now or after this podcast. I know I'd appreciate it. Um, first off, happy Father's Day to all the, the pops out there um, and those future dads. So we appreciate you guys. I know I appreciate my dad um, for introducing me into the outdoor world and just installing something very special that I've grown to um, love to almost a borderline obsession. So I I thank you, dad, for that. Um, Taking me fishing at a very young age and then introducing me to hunting at a very young age, just knowing that I would grow up to love it. I can't thank you enough, but uh, we're going to jump into this podcast. It's a pretty cool one. So we have Chad Chrysler join me um, to record this, and Chad is known for, he's killed a lot of really good deer in Michigan um, and has tried to make this state a much better um, deer hunting state and just uh, worked really hard, um, but in the past has recently decided not to hunt in Michigan anymore and kind of travels out of state now. So I was excited just to get get him on the phone and just kind of see what his thoughts are and different ways that we can make this state a better deer hunting state. And he has some interesting thoughts behind it. Um, and I just try to dive deeper into that with him. So if this is something that you guys are interested in, we would love to hear from you because this is a podcast that we might try to dive into even deeper in the future and get more people that are pushing for um, antler point restrictions, single buck tags, things like that. So if that's something you want to hear more about and different ideas from guys that are you know, really on the forefront and meeting with boards and the DNR and the state and just trying to to make things better we want to hear from you because we would love to get more of these guys on here so um, if that's something you're interested in let us know because then we'll start reaching out to those people and try to make that happen for you Um, but yeah without further ado we're going to get chad on the phone all right so we have chad chrysler on the phone uh chad thanks for joining me and uh yeah just give us a little intro about who you are kind of what you do and kind of where you come from my name's Chad Chrysler. Um, I guess I started cutting my teeth hunting in uh, NLP um, for numerous years. And then, what am I, 45 now? I can't even remember. It's been that long. <laughs> but uh, I'm 45 years old now. And started hunting at uh, 13 with a bow. And then mainly in the NLP. I moved down to southern Michigan and after the late 90s and still hunted NLP a little bit. Um, and right now, I pretty much don't hunt in Michigan at all anymore. And I hunt basically just public land. I'm kind of on a mission to try to kill a boon around public, and that's just my goal right now. But they change as, as I do. I'm not saying I haven't shot some uh, smaller deer here and there, but I'm not. If I kill a deer, cool. If I don't, I'm okay with it. I see a lot of deer, and I'm past that stage uh, needing to kill a deer to 
satisfy my hunting needs. So. Gotcha. So have you, you've obviously had some success in Michigan in the past. Um, and you, and you just said that you're kind of focusing on trying to kill a booner outside of this state. So tell me, tell me a little bit about some of the hunts that you've been on here in, here in Michigan. Well, I guess I've always just had a knack for getting on deer, I guess. My uncle, my father, my grandfather started me out hunting. Um, they just sit in the same blind year in, year out, just gun hunting, um, I actually went up to go hunting with my father, and he had an old bare bow sitting in there, and I said, I'm going to take that and go out in the woods the day before opening rifle season. Um, kind of went out, sat down, and I had a little six-point go by me by 15 yards, and I was shaking like a leaf. And <laughs> I couldn't get the bow back or nothing. And it just uh, sparked something in me, and ever since then, I've just been a deer nut trying to learn um, you know, I didn't sit in the same blind all the time. It kind of bored me. I got up and I you was know, still hunting a lot, walked a lot, just found new spots. And that way, it's just uh, the chase, the chess game of it all. It's just kind of is what I like about hunting. Gotcha. So, so what do you look for kind of when you're, like you said, you just get up, kind of walk around. What's like, do you have any like primary things that you're really searching for in the woods? Um, I know I'm I'm a very much a mobile hunter. Like I love moving around and just even if I'm moving 10, 15 yards from a tree that I've previously sat in, that's just kind of my style. Um, but what's your what's your kind of what are you really looking for? I'm very mobile. Um, I, in Michigan, when I'm hunting Michigan, um, mainly the thickest stuff I can find. Uh, I don't need to see 20 deer i need to see the right deer or you know, deer i'm looking for to kill um transitions a lot of times i'll sit on the edges of them but uh i'm more much more aggressive than the standard hunter i don't care if i blow a deer out um i'll go in and take a lot of chances if i blow it up i move yeah um you know, I'm not a believer that if you kick that buck out of there, he's gone forever. Um, he's there for a reason. Now, if you continuously do it, yeah, it's gonna gonna affect it. But I don't believe if you blow it one time, he's gone. He's never coming back. Um, I found that not to be true. Um, so, but really, I look for thick stuff, and it's odd. I don't know if you've talked with or know Andy May, and this is something I've talked with him about. May sound sounds just weird. But when I get to a spot, I almost come over and there's like a feeling. It's just, this is it. And, you know, Andy May, he's probably, he is the best hunter I've ever spoken with or talked to. Um, he's a local guy in Michigan. He kills a lot of other good deer here in Michigan. But, uh, you know, he said he kind of gets that same thing. Um, Sturgis has mentioned the same thing. And I don't know what it is, Sixth Sense or some kind of boat. Well, can, I, can I cuss? <laughs> yeah. I'll try not to cuss. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it's just, I've never, like, read any books. I have buddies that wrote a lot of books hunting and they're good friends of mine. I don't buy them to support them, but I never read any books or the how-to of hunting. Like I said, that's part of the chess game to me. I like to kind of figure it out and fail on my own. Yeah. I think that's how you learn the most is by failing on your own. Yeah fail you learn what not 
and do it better next time. Yeah, I think you're you're speaking my language, and like I don't I don't I don't read a lot of books on you know deer because to me it's like every property is different and every state is different, and I mean pressure plays a huge thing into it. But back to like what you were saying is you don't care if you bump a deer, and I'm the exact same way. I mean, yeah, if you go in there 10 days in a row and you bump that deer five days, he's not going to be in there anymore. But yep. you you bump him two or three times and you're, you know, if you bump him two or three times in a row, that's different. But if you're, because I, I chased a buck this year and I seen him three times and I bumped him out of his bed twice, but I just didn't have the right access being we just, my wife and I just bought a piece of property and didn't have access from the neighbors. We got access now and we'll be able to get into where he's betting. But this this year, I, I'm very aggressive, kind of like what you're saying you are. And I blew him out of there twice. And then come gun season, I ended up blowing him out of there a third. The, I mean, within 10, 15 steps of his bed that I bumped him out of the last two times, they just did a big, he did a big circle and came right back in there every time. But yeah, and I've, I've talked, I actually talked to Andy today. <laughs> He is okay, yeah. he is an unbelievable hunter. Like yep. he, I've had him on here talking. We I brought him on and just talked tree saddles. I didn't even talk hunting with him. Just the saddle hunting method is something that I'm going to be trying this year, and the mobility of it is you know what kind of got me going on it. So yeah, he's a he's, he's a nut for sure. He is. He is. So when you're when you're looking at like these thick thick areas, are you like are you talking like swamps? Are you talking just anything? I like swamps, and I'm not gonna lie. I mean, I've had a lot of swamps in my life. From, you know, they're uh, they're great. I mean, I don't wade through water, but there's I look for little openings in a swamp. Um, you know, maybe 10, 20, 30 yards wide. You know, and finding trees by them is kind of tough, but uh, I'm not, I don't ground hunt much, but that option is always there. Um, okay. It's just, uh, I, I just like that where I can't see much. I mean, and yeah. That's kind of what I do. Gotcha. So tell me about, I, w- I want to hear the story of your biggest Michigan whitetail. Let's, let's jump into that. My biggest Michigan whitetail was, uh, like, um, Jackson in 2001 I believe it was 2001 and uh, my daughter was just born um, on October 10th and I was kind of having a rough season comparatively speaking and you know I hadn't been out in the woods in like nine days and uh, usually at that time in my life I was out all the time I mean that's before I had my first child so I was having a little bit of withdrawal and I said uh I went out. I used to be kind of really scent conscious, and you know, not not to the point some of the guys are now. But I was very very scent conscious at the time, and I just didn't have time. I said, "Well, I'm just going to get up and go, and just sit in the woods and just take it easy and relax, and see the sun come up." And um, by ten minutes after sunrise, he came out. And I think I don't even know what he scored, but he was over 150. I don't really get into that too much, but. Uh, and I shot him at 42 yards, and 
that was pretty much the end of the story. But I really wasn't even, <laughs> I, mean, I was in a good set. I mean, I had a nice frosty morning. I mean, conditions were right. But was this was this archery or, or shotgun season? Archery. I, okay. I, I, I'd gone out a little bit, but uh, okay, not too much. Well, so. well, I, I want to warn you, October 10th, that's my wife's birthday. And yep. she uh, she's a better deer hunter than me, so you're gonna have to watch out with your child being <laughs> being a, a good deer hunter if if the birthday thing sticks true. Because man, there's something about it. She she's a killer. So just just a warning. It does not unless something happens. But uh, she's she's an academic. She wants nothing to do with the the woods, and she's actually a freshman at U of M right now. But, okay. Uh, no okay. sports, no hunting, no nothing. But Right. Maybe who knows. To each his own, though. Some people, yep. some people are born with it, and some aren't. That's all right. Yep. So how many, how many kids do you have? I have four daughters. Oh boy. Oh yep. boy. <laughs> that, uh, that pretty much put an end to me being a great white hunter. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it uh, takes a lot of time. That is true. My brother, well, I'm the youngest of six boys, but my closest brother has four daughters and a and a boy. And yeah, it's uh, it is challenging. He's a diehard hunter, but his time's limited in the woods. He has to pick his pick his days and be methodical with it. That's for sure. Yep, it's tough. You know, especially you know, goals like myself right now, which like I said, I don't care if I can't do, but it's hard. I mean, I spend enormous amount of time in the woods scouting, and you know, springtime and summertime, and I was always out looking. I don't have time for it anymore, so gotcha. Not the same as it once was. Yeah. So okay, well, I want to jump into this because if if you're okay talking about it, you just earlier before we started recording, you told me that you're no longer really hunting the state of Michigan. So I kind of want to jump into, you know, you said you if you don't mind me, you you sold your ground and you just kind of jumped ship. So tell me. Tell me a little bit about that, your thought process, and kind of your story behind all that. Well, a lot of it, uh, like I said, I started hunting big woods. Um, you know, kind of got bored with that a little bit, and I moved down south and was hunting farm country. You know, and just kind of got bored with that. Um, and then I went down to Ohio and the hills. You know, and I, I had really good success here in Michigan. I've killed a lot of really good deer. Um, I went down there and it humbled me. I mean, it just, it was totally different terrain, totally different everything. I mean, it's hard. You know, I just don't have stands set up. Um, it's just a whole new world. And it just kind of opened my eyes and reinvigorated me. And really my hunting, and it's not career, I don't get paid for it, but just my outlook and learning new train and deer i mean it's just they're different in the hills than, than they are in the big woods and flatland there's no doubt about it yeah and try, trying to figure that all out is just kind of re-inspired me yeah i hunted uh i hunted wisconsin and kind of like what you're saying it's like deer just they they act different they move different than they've any deer i've ever seen in michigan their demeanor's different it's 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 a different ball game and i mean i i, I grew up hunting michigan i still hunt michigan um but i i focus a lot of time in in southern illinois 
Um, and then before I moved back, I lived in Wisconsin. I spent a lot of time on public land in Wisconsin and rolling hills and things like that. I don't, I don't know if it's like the deer, that is their natural state and the nat, like how they naturally work. And then Michigan is just such a high pressured area that deer, they're just, they're different. So I, I, I completely understand like where you're coming from with that. Um, so moving into that, like when you're, when you're scouting an area in, in like Ohio, what is it that you're looking for and how do you, how do you pick like an area, like a a public piece of property? What's your, how do you just walk me through your start to finish of kind of getting into there? I always start with topos. Um, I mean, I've had to learn how to read them. Like I said, coming from Michigan, being a flatlander, um, and reading topos has been a little bit of a challenge, and you know, just different, and how the deer use that terrain. Um, you know, and all the terrain. I mean, where I hunt, it's all public ground. Um, it's virtually all the same. I mean, there's no diversity in it. I mean, they got some clear cuts here and there, but a lot of them get kind of heavily pressured mm-hmm. so i kind of avoid those two not that there's not deer there but uh um i found over the kind of little features i look for it's hard to explain on the phone without me pointing down uh, no yeah. saddles i don't even bother with them again people some people seem you know they like to hunt them and i don't know i get bored hunting saddles or just i don't know but uh I mean, that's a typical thing people go to um, I call them little boobs or whatever to sit out. Um, yep. Like I said, it's hard to explain without uh, having a map or you know, being on film. But, you know, it's just, uh, it's all train. It's all pretty much how they move in that train. And honestly, I'm terrible down there outside the rut. Um, I got a pretty good idea how they move during the rut. Um, and that did have some success uh late season I guess but you know it's just I'm really still clueless and trying to learn like going down there early October or outside you know getting late December I've had a little bit of success but it's different and trying to figure them out and that's just part of the puzzle and part of what I love um you know I I have no early October no clue I mean, I wish someone would find a deer. <laughs> I know the deer there, but I go down there, nope. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just absolutely zip. Huh. And I just, uh, I don't know. So it stumped, stumped me. So when you're saying you're, you're hunting big woods, like down there, how how many acres are you talking? Oh, I, think, I mean, there's 70,000 acres, I think. Oh, my gosh. So really, yeah. really, you're looking like square miles. Yep. Okay. Yeah. There's a, you know, Wayne National Forest is huge. Okay. And, uh, you know, but there's good deer there. I mean, I've seen some absolute giants, but, uh, you know, as far and few between, I've taken people down there and the majority of them say, nope, not, not doing this again. Yeah. You know, just, just quit. It's, uh, it's tough hunting. Yeah. And, you know, it's, uh, and, that, and that's, but, that's hunting. Like I've, like you're saying, you go down there and, maybe you don't see very many deer but you know like i know what you're saying you get into an area and you're like there's there's something special here like you just you just know and i i mean i go out west every year in our first year out west we went to an area 
the weather was bad. I mean, it was just, I mean, that's hunting and we didn't see, this is elk hunting, so a little bit different, but we didn't see a bull till, or we didn't see an elk for that matter. I mean, till our last day within the last 30 minutes of light, we saw a bull probably three miles away and it walked through a clear cut. And that was the only bull or elk that we saw the entire, entire week. But we knew we're like, they're in there, like we're going back. So we went back the next three years and the following year um, missed a bull and then the next year I killed a cow and then last year my wife and I both killed bulls but it's just you know when you're in an area that there's there's something there I, I get that it's so cool that's pretty awesome your wife went to elk hunting I went last year and uh, you know, my wife nope <laughs> I got her bow and whatever else but I know she wouldn't do that and uh What state did you go to? Idaho. Okay. I haven't been to Idaho. I, very different than Montana. Yeah. Idaho is a lot more of the rolling hills, open meadow type areas from what I've been told. I mean, there are the mountains area, but we're... We're in the mountains, but uh, just up top, the elk have moved up top, and there's all, you know, up top is just all tundra, and that's where they all were. Really? How could not, could not get to them. How high were they? I think we were... I'd have to look. I'm not really good with that, but I think we're at 10, 10 to 11. Okay. Actually, a pronger was running up on the peak of the mountain. and ran right down. What the hell's going up there? I never know. Jeez, so. old Pete. Yeah. So our our first couple of years we were out there, we were hunting at like 9,500. And we were we were seeing, because uh, we go the second, we, we bounce back and forth between the second and the third week of Montana is typically when we go, trying to catch catch the rot. Or we either catch the front end or we catch the tail end. So last few years we've been going the third week and we've been hitting it pretty well. But we're at 9,500 and the thing that we're running into is we, we get get up there and everything would be below us. So then we started hunting a lot lower and it's once you get out in montana anyway you get down in that lower area that's when you start hitting private and they know like (laughs) it's like i'm on this side of the fence you're on that side of the fence i'll come 15 yards from you because i know you can't shoot me type thing it's it's crazy so what 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 took you to to uh you said utah idaho idaho what took you to you or idaho uh buddy my uh couple buddies of mine but mainly one they've been going out there for years and they're always asking me to go and i just never did because honestly i, I like whitetail i wasn't okay. too interested in i'm at the age or i don't know i make enough money where i hate camping yeah <laughs> and they were camping and they promise they tell me they go oh look it's a high desert or whatever it's you know 60 degrees sunny all the time never rains I get there. It snows every freaking day. <laughs> it's snow, uh, snow up top, twenty degrees, raining forty every day down below. And I told my camping. I said I'm past it. I'm done with it. I want a toilet that flushes. <laughs> you know, I want some running water. I can wash my ass. I don't want to. That's what I want. I don't want to work when I go on my vacation. I'll work to climb the hill and back down. That's it. But, oh God. Uh. So, 
So, so, so you weren't one of the guys that go out there and then come back and be like, I want to go back. You were like, I don't want to go back. I'd go do it again, but I wouldn't camp. (laughs) (laughs) I told her I've done camping and, you know, moose, I'm going moose hunting this year. And that's, uh, that's always been the top of my bucket list. Okay. Whatever. But, uh, where, where are you going moose hunting? Uh, Saskatchewan. Okay. That's awesome. That's that's one of my bucket list hunts. My moose is up there. I bounce back and forth between a moose and a red stag are the two kind of the the big things at the top of my list. Um, yep. Have you done any bear hunting? Uh, I went in 99 or 2000, 2000 I think. I uh, went up to Canada and it was kind of a do-it-yourself type deal and I killed a bear and then I tried to eat it and it tastes like ass. So I said, I ain't doing that again. <laughs> but uh, that's, that's yeah. cool. I got my bear with my bow and that was a good experience. But I said, yeah. Would you, you know, do Would you do it again? That's my question. I'd do it in Kodiak Island with a grizzly. Okay. But not a black bear? No. Okay. Just, uh, and like I said, I've done it and over it. And I have a lot of hobbies. Yeah. And, you know, that I'd rather do or take part in than bear yeah whitetails just kind of in my blood the rest of them and it's cool but it's yeah yeah I, I got buddies that chase goats and chase them all over the place and you know some of them ask me to go and somebody's 120 grand i said i ain't got that kind of money yeah but, I've, even if I did, I don't know. yeah i've 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 wanted to hunt black bear and i think i will someday but it's one of those things like everyone that i've talked to they're like yeah i did it it was cool and i'm like oh would you like love to go back and they're like you know i I will i would go back but i'm not going back because it was the greatest experience in my life and most of them have killed bears and they just said it's it's just not in a lot of them are whitetail hunters so i think a lot of whitetail hunters compare the two and they're like it's just not not the same no it's it's not and i haven't found anything the same like i said they'll kind of enjoyed it but Am I dying to get back? I mean, my buddy said, well, "Would you go elk hunting? You forget all about white tails, and you know that's all you want to do." I'm like, eh, not really. I mean, I'd go do it again, but it doesn't replace white tails for me. Yeah, kind of mess about the white tails. What about what about muleys? Have you chased any muleys yet? Muleys are the dumbest animal on the planet. <laughs> that, that, that's where I'm at with that because I could have killed. <laughs> I can't tell you how many when I go. Okay, so. I'd walk right up to him, like, hey, how you doing? Yeah. You know, now, granted, there weren't any giants, but still, I mean, I was just like, really? Yeah. <laughs> they seemed curious about what the hell I was doing there or whatever. Yeah. They were not very bright animals. No. So so I've hunted muleys in, in Nebraska and the Sand Hills, and I killed I killed a good one last year. He's, I don't like great at like 170 or something like that but to your point like i just felt like man these things are dumb like i i I put a spot in stock on three bedded muleys and they were looking like the wind at their back they were looking away from like downwind so i was crawling up behind them and there's no way they could smell me and they were looking the other way like the complete opposite of a whitetail and i'm just like what in the world and they like that that situation that area i was like this is this is crazy but then the other the other side of things i hunted muleys in montana and you get up in the the like high country 
and they're very, uh, very similar to a whitetail, like extremely smart. And it was night and day difference from the Nebraska ones that I hunted to the Montana. I mean, super skittish, played the wind, like curious, like still to the point, like, you know, when the whitetail does like the head bob and trying to figure out what you are. Yeah. But they're gone within like five seconds. Whereas these mealies, they did the head bob and it might have took them 10, 15 seconds and then they were gone. It was, it was, it was weird. Like, and I've heard that from a couple people. I mean, uh, one of our, our taxidermists was telling me the same thing. He's like, you know, I've had guys hunt mealies in the high country and they're like, man, very similar to a whitetail, like super, super skittish, super smart. And then you get, you know, some of these, I don't, I like to like flatlander muleys and it's a complete opposite, super curious of, Man, I don't know what this thing is walking at me with a bow in its hand, but you know, I want to go see what it is, type thing. But hill country, but I was in Idaho, so maybe they got different relatives or something. I don't know. <laughs> Smart gene. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's difference between maybe hunting in the hills in Ohio and southern Michigan deer. I don't know. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So, so have you been successful out of state on whitetails? Oh yeah, yep. I mean, I mean, I guess how to define success by killing. Um, I mean, I can kill a deer every year. I mean, one forty plus pretty easily. Yeah. Uh, I've I've passed on some. I mean, I've I've passed on deer that are bigger than anything I would have shot. Just looking for the booner and you know, I videotaped them and just uh, think about what the hell am I doing? You know, and it's just. Uh, this year, I was down, I think it was November 3rd or something. It was one of my first hunts in, in Ohio. And I look over to my left, and it was a good buck right there. I looked, and I, I just sitting down. I didn't even get up. I looked over, and looked at him. You know, it's probably high 150s, low 160. I said, he's not a booner. And, and I just kind of just sat there and watched him. Then he got closer. I like, what am I doing? I said, I've never even killed a deer this big. Maybe I should shoot him. <laughs> Time I stood up and and I hit my button on this tree stand. He's at ten yards or whatever, and he just wandered out of my life. <laughs> you know, stupid shit like that. And I just, uh, you know, killing's not important. I drew back on. I missed a booner two years ago now, I think, and that was October twenty eighth. And uh, you know, that, I don't know what happened. Don't ask. I don't know. Thirty yards. I had it right on there. I thought, hey, I finally did it. Then I didn't do it. Chad got buck fever is what it sounds yeah, like. I don't know. I felt calm. I mean, I don't know. I mean, it, it just, uh, I don't know. It just, just nope. happens. Not meant, not meant to be. I don't even get angry about it. Now I have so many damn follies in my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> my buddy who said he's going to write a book with what goes on in my life and I'm doing hunting. But it's just part of it and the memories. And like I said, it's not all that important to me anymore. And yeah. I can, I've killed a lot of deer and I can kill a lot more if I want to. Yeah. And hopefully I will soon enough. But So are you are you focusing most of your time then in Il- or in Ohio now? Yep. I'm, I'm stubborn. So I, mean, I just, I know that there. I've seen 200 inch deer. I mean, that's what kind of got me hooked is kind of my first year going down there. I'm scouted a little bit. I went down there one time and didn't really, uh, 
would do serious hunting, but I went down the following year and we started around for a couple of days and I wouldn't see him any here. And I went and sat in the spot I scouted and this is, you know, I don't know, no hills from anything. Went and sat there and next thing you know, all hell broke loose. I mean, I had deer, I mean, for down there, I think I saw seven, 17 22 deer that day. Oh, story gets fuzzy because it's been so long ago, but then about 7.40 in the morning, somewhere in there, I saw a deer, there's no doubt, 200 inch deer, chasing go around. I mean, it had skin flapping off it. I mean, it was one of the oldest deer, probably the oldest deer I've ever seen. And then uh, I noticed they were all moving down, kind of a little bit down further ridge. I got down about 11.30 morning, snuck down about 80 yards to get where uh, the deer were coming through. I'm halfway up my tree and a climber climbing up. All of a sudden, here comes a doe bust over the little ridge. She comes and stops right next to me and just kind of scoots off. I think you know this deer come out and it stopped uh, seven yards from me in my tree. I'm probably about 12 feet up, but on the ground. And there was a pretty damn 10 point you ever seen in your life. I mean, Every bit of 170, 180 inches. I mean, just gorgeous deer. I mean, the frost, he snorted. You know, you can see the kind of mist and stuff going. It was cold, cold that day. But uh, That's awesome. And, you know, and that's what got me hooked on the eye. I said, they're there. You know, and, and I've got I've got buddies that uh, killed plenty of 160-inch deer down there. Put them on deer and, and you know, other guys well why do you put guys in your spots you find or whatever I said well, I found these spots I put them there I said that's a win I mean it's it's the chess game team I don't care so much about killing you it's just finding them and getting on them and I'm both and you know it's just uh, I like finding that next little spot and yeah. whether I don't get jealous like oh he killed a deer I just a shit you know yeah. it's, it's, it's part of it and just uh, is what it is. I, you can say squirrel because I forgot even where we were at. <laughs> so, so before we started ch- chatting, Chad said if he gets on a ramble, I just need to say squirrel and bring him back on track. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know. no, I, I, I like that. I mean, I'm, a, I'm the same boat. Like I've had people talk to me about like Jordan, why do you let so and so hunt on your ground all the time? And I'm just like. I, I don't care if he kills the, you know, like, will you be mad if he kills that buck that you're after? And I'm like, no, I mean, I, if he kills him, God, I mean, he was in the right spot at the right time. And it was probably a, a stand that I picked out or an area that, you know, him and I found together. And, you know, if one of us can put a tag on it, I'm all for it. Cause the thing is, we, we don't own these deer, and that's what a lot of guys keep forgetting is that's not it's not yours. Like, yeah, yep. you may get tons of pictures of it, but that deer can. I'd rather see a buddy shoot it than it walk across the street and a neighbor shoot it all day. I mean, that's that's what frustrates me is when guys like in your situation, you're like you put buddies in a spot that you might have found and then you have somebody get mad because you sent somebody there and it's like you know what it's if it's public ground it's anybody's ball game that's that's my thing i don't know yep, you'll never hear seeing my deer yeah I, mean, I just don't uh don't don't use that term yeah i mean 
gets put off by it, but whatever. No, I, I agree because I'm right there with you. Like people on my deer, my, you know, my deer on my property. And it's like, it's not my, it's not your deer. Like, unless you got a fence around it and pay for one. Yeah. <laughs> then maybe it is your deer for sure. <laughs> yeah. If you paid a couple of grand for them and you want to go feeding him a carrot and shoot him as he comes up to you, then yeah, maybe it is your deer, but you yeah. know, I'm right there with you. So. So what was what was like the turning point that made you kind of step away from Michigan? Um, I mean, I heard good things about Ohio all the time, and I just never go down there because honestly, I just hated Ohio State. And I said, I'm going to go hunt, hunt down there. I said, I want nothing to do with it. But just something different. I mean, like I said, I kind of got bored of hunting you know, Michigan farmland deer, and I mean, it's all the same stuff and. You know, not that it was easy, but just bored. I don't know. I, I need different challenge. That's just how I work. I like puzzles, you know, so I look for different challenges. And, you know, if you want to be honest about it, I spent a lot of time in Michigan deer politics. And it kind of took a little bit of love away from it for me. Okay. You know, and, uh, you know, I just sit on a board with a, DNR and you know, go to NRC meetings and I spent an enormous amount of time trying to help Michigan and I still, I mean, I wish the best for it but I'm just frustrated with how it's managed and our NRC is just oh, I mean, it's just frustrating Oh, I mean, this is stuff that comes out of their mouth and they have no idea I mean, they don't know anything about deer deer i mean it, it's just, they're clueless and it's just like this is what you got to deal with and you know i'm sure ohio has their problems too but at least i'm not involved in it and you know illinois and indiana pennsylvania whatever i mean they'll have their issues i'm sure for a minute but i just needed to step away and just frustrated really from michigan and Iowa. yeah what would I have a question for you. So this is this is a topic that I usually don't jump into other than like a really quick question. But knowing this about you and you kind of serving on boards and, and really being immersed into it, I kind of want to pick your brain on it. So what would you like to see, in your opinion, what would you like to see Michigan do to make a change for the better? What would you like to see in our state? Oh, I mean, what's feasible or in you know, well, my selfish world. I mean, I know what I want, but I mean, it's not really feasible, but well, what's, and, what's, let me, let me hear both. What's your, what's yeah. your selfish, selfish world. And then what's your, your feasible solution? Well, selfish world would be only five and a half year olds. So <laughs> that's my selfish world. But, you know, it's not reality, but uh, you know, um, the only thing really, the only thing that is possible in Michigan is for APRs. I mean, the way that it's set up, there's no room for OBR. You know, they got the process or whatever. They're not moving on it. So if you want to change in Michigan, the only thing is is APRs. And, you know, they get overwhelming support, but it, you got to meet this ridiculous 66% uh, threshold. Majority doesn't rule. Um, you know, I think and I, I got out of it about a year uh, year and three months ago, I just said I can't do it anymore. Um, it just takes a lot for my family, and like I said, I put a lot of 
time, effort, and money into it for 10 years. And things change in the state for sure. I mean, when I first started, no one would even talk about AIDS or, you know, I mean, very few. I mean, like, what do you mean AIDS? And, you know, I think we started at the 2004 or five. I started you know, on board with this. And I don't know, Dan Timmons, Tony Smith, I don't know, some of them guys, they started in, you know, late 90s. Mm-hmm. And, you know, kind of in a dude, and I never even thought about it, you know. Well, when I got my property in Jackson in 98, I bought it. And, you know, I was hunting mainly up in the LP. Before then, I came down here. And I saw, I mean, I saw deer like crazy, bucks like that I've never seen before. I mean, you know, up there in NLP, I'd see 100 deer a day, but, you know, be lucky to see one or two little bucks. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, it wasn't that bad all the time, but, you know, just getting a sense of it. And then come down here, and I'm seeing, you know, I mean, pretty much, you know, buck for every three does or so. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe two, I mean, it just seems like, wow. So, you know, like, oh, wait, I got thinking this one. Oh, I'm not going to get, I think, two buck tags at a time still, but why am I going to shoot two little bucks? Or, yeah. It's no need. And I just, it just kind of flipped in my mind that, yeah, I just, you know, shoot a bigger buck. And, instead of shooting little ones and I'm just kind of got in there and it's, it's been a big change and I don't regret putting all the time in because I think I'm part of a change and a push in the machine to at least have an idea bring it to the forefront yeah and I mean, I'm not alone in that but I mean <laughs> there's a lot that you know did it before me and are still doing it now and I'm wishing the best of luck it's just I can't do it no more and but legislatively and the powers that be if you want to change in Michigan, the only option is APRs. Gotcha. So, so when you when you said that you have to have sixty six percent, is that like how do they do that polling? Because I've I've lived here, you know, the majority of my life. My brothers, my dad, and I've never received anything asking a question. And I'm sure that goes for most most hunters because I just saw someone in a group that I'm a part of on Facebook, and they were talking about that like all APRs in the thumb or something and the guy was like I live in the thumb and I've never received a survey asking my opinion on it yep it's a uh, first I mean you gotta fill out a DNR survey um you'll be more apt to get one or the only way you get one if you fill out a survey you know, an annual survey okay you know, they fill them out I mean it's voluntarily you can fill them out every year um you know put down where you hunt and Yada yada, so that puts you in the pool, and then it's just like uh, statistics is polling data, you know. So they take, you know, say you got I forget what the percentage is right now, but uh, I'm not a mathematician, but say you got thirty thousand hunters, I think they'll send out like three thousand. I think it's ten percent, or maybe it's fifteen percent. They send out over ample amount through. uh, you know, they overdo it, and the return rate, and it's just, uh, it's uh, statistics, you know, just with the polling data that goes over roads, and that's how, you know, not everybody's going to get a survey. I would love to see everybody, you know, they said it's not feasible, but they said, well, if everybody could vote, you know, or get a say in it, then it could go down to 50%, but they won't do it. But, you know, if you go to buy your license... Yeah, they ask you a question. APRs or not? Yeah, you know, it'd be, it. it'd be that easy. Or then it 
well, it's not that easy because believe me, I brought it up. And, you, know, <laughs> you know, and everybody else has to. And, you know, then it go to straight 50%. Everyone had a say, so they don't need that absurd 66%, which if you look at the statistics of it and the mathematics of it, I mean, it's we're well over the limit to have a majority that want APRs. So look at any survey that's been done in the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're all in favor of, but they just won't budge. And, you know, I, yeah, you know, and, you know, it's changed. I mean, like I said, I know a lot of people do it voluntarily now, which no one ever used to do that. And, you know, it's, uh, yeah, you know. here, here's, here's, here's my thoughts. So I think eventually, just the way things are going, we are going to be a a virtual event. I mean, I'm not talking in the next like two years or three years even, but I think everything will be a virtual tag. So you have to buy your license online and you can carry a license via your cell phone. So you have a picture of it on your cell phone. And if that ever gets to that, which I think eventually it will, if you're purchasing a tag online, it'd be the easiest way for DNR or any anyone to pull pull a survey because it's a simple question when purchasing a tag via the DNR website or something like that. Because I know there's multiple states that you don't even physically have to carry a, a paper tag. You can literally have a picture of it on your cell phone because it's the same exact information. There's a lot of states that you don't even have to have a piece of paper or anything attached to an animal, as long as you have that with you. Yeah. And and that's, uh, you know, I I saltwater fish quite a bit. I mean, being a thousand miles from the ocean anyway, and in Alabama, you can't even buy a license. I mean, there's like, I think Walmart, you can buy a license and maybe like spot here or there, but you can't just go anywhere and buy a license and do it online. I mean, I carry it on my phone. Yep. Everything's on my phone. You know, boom, here it is, you know, look at i mean that way you don't lose it i mean you got it backed up you know so yeah i mean i get it but they've got uh they've came up you got to submit a proposal and it's a sunset period i think it's every couple years or something and then you got to go county to county and put on so many uh, informational hearings about it and maybe it's changed in last year in three months but i don't think so i mean just you got to jump through and do and then you get 62, 64, you know, whatever. And they, ah, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but it's just, it's, it's absurd. And you hear, you know, and it's mainly the young people that want it. There's very few that I talk to that are young that, uh, you know, do not want it or do not see it as a positive thing. It's more the older generation that are just stuck that don't want to kill does and, you know, another thing, too, the Farm Bureau fights us on this, you know, and they fight, fight, fight. But everywhere the APRs have been implemented, the doe harvests went up. And farmers should know, I mean, if you kill does, that's what affects the population. Yep. Killing, a buck, killing a buck does nothing to affect the population. Yep. Not a damn thing. Yep. And, you know, that's what they're looking at. How do you increase doe harvest? Well, look anywhere APRs are. Yeah, because you're going to have guys that are... I, and I, I talked about this. I have a I had a buddy on a little while ago, and he said I need three deer every year to feed my family. So if I kill three deer, I get through. And he's like, you know, if if I can shoot any two bucks, I'm going to shoot two bucks, and then I'm going to shoot one doe. But if I have an APR, you know, I'm going to shoot 
maybe one buck, and then as the season goes on, I'm going to kill two does because I know that you know I might not have an opportunity at another eight or ten or whatever. And yep. I I agree with that a hundred percent. I think more does, and like you said, if if that's true, I mean everywhere APRs are, more does are being killed. That's I, I don't get that. That's awesome. I mean it it, sh- it yep. should be a no brainer. But and I've also talked about this before is. I think like what you were saying with younger generations are are all for the APRs. I think that is that is so true. I mean, and I a part of that I think is social media is playing a huge role in you know I don't and I don't I struggle with is is it a good thing or is it a bad thing because I have nieces and nephews that hunt and we talk about man would you. I've asked them, I was like, would you guys shoot a six point? And one of them like never has killed a buck. And they're like, no. And I'm like, well, well, why wouldn't you do it? Well, cause it's just not a big deer. I want to kill a big deer because that's what I'm seeing on social media. I'm seeing my friends or, you know, all these people shooting giant deer. So I struggle with like, is that, is that a good thing or is it a bad thing? But in the end, I mean, and I've talked to a lot of, like, my taxidermist he said over the past like 10 years the quality or the age class of deer have has significantly gone up people are killing bigger deer because i think that like baby boomer the guys that are stuck in their ways the older generation of hunters and they're they're out there to kill anything but this younger generation that's coming in is making a big push for more quality deer being harvested older deer and I think um, social media has a big play in that. Yeah, I don't even know about social media so much. I mean, maybe, but I mean, I did it for, I don't know, probably eight years until I sold my place here in, in Jackson. But I would take kids out on the youth hunt. I mean, it's one of my fine kids that didn't have fathers or didn't have a way to, they never killed a deer and they couldn't get out hunting. But I'd take them out and try to give them their first deer. Mm-hmm. And I think I had one kid. I'd let him shoot whatever you want. I said, it's your choice. I think I had one kid. I mean, these are, I mean, some of them were seven. I think seven was my youngest, um, maybe eight. I don't know. I can't remember. But, uh, you know, young kid. And then I had one that was, I think my oldest was 14 or 15. But they didn't even, you know, social media. I mean, it was 14, 15, maybe. But that was even shit by six years ago with this girl. So, but it wasn't even that prevalent. Yeah, and and they still show, and I gave them no. I'd rather shoot a doe. You know, I don't want to shoot. Or they let little bucks go, and sometimes you know didn't end up with a a deer because they let them go. But they were fine with it, and that wasn't anything. I mean, yes, I'm Mister. You know, I want to kill a big buck, but I'm not snobbish asshole. Where yeah. if you kill one, I'm gonna be. I don't care what you shoot. Yeah, but you know, they just made that decision on their own, and you know, I was just shocked by it. And it's just that is that is really cool. I, I mean, I I like that, but I I mean I've seen because my brother and I grew up and we I mean we shot anything and everything. That's just what we grew up doing. And yep. his kids now, like they've seen my brother has some deer on the wall that I mean he's super proud of and and he should be he harvested them and you know they're great memories. But if you were to ask him now to shoot anything like that, not a chance. He wouldn't do it. But oh, it's, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah. But 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 his kids, I mean, grew up seeing seeing those deer, and now they're they're to that age, and they're just like, I mean, I see the way 
you know, maybe my dad or like from their point of view, they see, oh, my dad shot that deer, but now he's not on deer like that. He doesn't want to shoot anything like that. So they're like, I want to kill the deer that my dad or my dad's searching for now. So they're letting these small deer go. And I, I love it. I love it. I mean, yeah. I, and I don't want to come across like, you know, that's all we're doing is, is trying to kill just giant deer. Cause that's, I mean, yeah, that is all we're trying to do, but we're not against the guy that it, is out there just you know that hunts three days out of the year and owns 40 acres he can kill whatever he wants but to your point i mean it's it's a struggle you know this is you know arguments you hear too is like well i don't even see a buck now i'm gonna see a buck with uh you know aprs I said, well, you're not seeing any bucks now because you're dead yeah i said okay so with aprs at least you're probably going to see some bucks. You might not. Well, then I won't be able to shoot it. I said, well, you weren't even seeing any before. Yeah. And after the first year, I mean, numbers come up. I mean, it's just age. I mean, it's just age. And that's when then you hear the guys, well, what about the five-year-old spikes? And I got three five-year-old spikes. I'm like, no, you don't. No, you no, don't. No, 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 you don't. No. <laughs> you don't. I mean, it's just, you know, that stuff. And that's usually the old guys and. No, I'm I I struggle with it, Chad, because I I would love to see what I would like to see Michigan ultimately go to is a one buck tag state, but and I think a lot more does would be harvested even if we did that. Um, but just cause simply guys would want to be in the woods and if they kill a buck in the first week of October, those guys are going to continue to hunt and they're going to shoot does cause that's all they can shoot. Um, but like you were saying, what's feasible, I think APRs is the only chance that Michigan has to grow. The way it's set up in our laws and regulations, it is the only way. Yep. And, I mean, OBR has to be legislated and it's never going to happen. Um, you know, it's, License sales is huge with Pittman, Pittman Robinson. You can add, you know, you can, it just doesn't, there's, I can go on and on forever. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, and OBR is, I mean, I started out as an OBR guy and then saw the light fairly rapidly where it's just not something that will happen here. But if you look at it, I mean, we've had OBR here before in the past. And, you know, it's not. Uh, so when you say OBR, what does that mean? One buck rule. Yep. Okay. Just yeah, sell our. Yeah. Yep. I'm sorry. Uh, link APRs is interpoint restrictions. Yep. I don't know if we got to go back through that, but uh, <laughs> no, it's just that's the only thing in Michigan. That, I mean, I know people want this and that and everything else, and I hear heard it all the time. But the way the the work groups, NRC, legislating, uh, DNR is set up, it's the only option we have if you want to change in Michigan. That's yeah. It. Yeah. There's nothing else on the table. Unless something drastically changes, but it's been that way for 15 years, and nothing changes, nothing happens. And you look at the results from the areas that have APRs, they're phenomenal. I mm. mean, absolutely phenomenal. And hunters are super happy. Yep. yep. And you just look at, I mean, their age data and stuff, and from where, what they were killing to what they're killing now, it's unbelievable. And that that's the other thing, like APRs, like, most guys that want APRs aren't doing it just for the big big deer. It's so much 
healthier for a deer herd to have a mature class like of, of deer in in the herd like it's just it's natural and like when i hunt in illinois i mean it's one to two buck ratio and you know the bucks that we're seeing yeah we'll see some you know one two three and a half year olds but it, it's pre- i mean it's pretty much like the same amount like deer numbers like you have the same amount of one and a half same amount of two and a half like in michigan i might go out on some of our property and i might see 15 one and a half year old deer and no no mature box it's 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 amazing when you get out and you see a balance herd okay i won't say it's um more better i mean it could be argued i mean there's arguments for it but it is absolutely more natural i mean that's the way it's designed but to watch, you know, you're watching two, three-year-olds fight, and then all of a sudden, giant comes up, and five, six-year-old just makes the most ungodly noise. I mean, it sounds like Bigfoot. I mean, I think that's where the Bigfoot uh, <laughs> you know, stories come from. Yeah. I mean, when I first heard, I think I'm in Michigan my whole life, and I've never heard that before. But you get and you see these mature deer and immature deer interact. It's unreal. I mean, it's a whole new experience and that's one reason i don't have michigan anymore yeah. yeah i might have one really good buck running around but they're sure the hell they do yeah not, not not normally you know and you gotta search and find for a good buck in michigan and it takes time and like I said, andy may is very successful because he takes the time to go find different properties and he he scouts i mean all summer long and does that i mean and to be that successful i mean you have to do that kind of homework and, you know, especially here in Michigan, and they're just not there. I mean, it's hard to just luck into one. Yeah. And, you know, you just don't see that age diversity. And if people could ever experience it, they'd be like, oh, yeah, well, if I don't shoot to one and a half, I only go to two and a half. And, and if you notice that with APRs, too, where they've implemented them, okay, yeah, it goes boom. The harvest from one and a half drops significantly right away. Mm-hmm. And it goes, you know, then two and a half. Okay, are the most prominent, but in a very short period, people are like, boom, a light bulb goes off. Yeah. Holy crap. Well, look what happened. I didn't shoot one and a half. I'm going to pass this two and a half. And you look, and the deer, I mean, I think the majority in the NLP, like when I stopped looking at this, the majority were three and a half. Yeah. Plus, you know, not two and a half, but three and a half. That's and crazy. If you can get to that, you know, down here and people have a huge issue with well i do three side but not four which it has to be here in the north peninsula mm-hmm. and the reason why is because powers that be the dnr said that'll save at least 50 percent of the yearly bucks if you go to three and they ran the numbers and we tried to get it passed because people seem more acceptable with three on a side but it comes out to like 42 percent you'll be saving yearlings but any proposal has to save 50% of the yearling bucks. Yeah. Huh. That comes forward. So that's another reason OBR is, you know, that's in the thing. To change anything has to say 50% of the yearling bucks. Interesting. And with their data, for one aside, is the only thing that does that. Interesting. So, that's, I, I never knew that. That's, that's very yeah. interesting. Huh. Crazy. Well, I mean, we could. This is something I could talk to you about for for days on because I'm I, I'm just intrigued with this, and 
Michigan has, and that's the thing, like a lot of people don't understand is Michigan has potential to grow some of the biggest bucks in this country. I mean, we could, we could be competing with the Iowa's and Kansas and Wisconsin. I mean, I'll send you a picture. I don't know. You've probably seen it. It's me holding it, but, uh, that deer in, uh, Tecumseh, um, they found it and I held, this is a few years back now, but I held another two inch deer inside its antlers. Jeez, oh, peace. Deer is 257. Last year, that deer here in Milan that got killed. Absolute stud. I mean, it's yeah. my hometown. You know, <laughs> right down the road from me. And, yeah. And it's not, and people say APRs is a trophy program. It's not a trophy program. It's trying to get, and that gets misconstrued because, I mean, at this time in my life, I would be considered a trophy hunter, I guess. But, uh, you know, it's just, I don't. You know, push that on everybody else. I mean, I have buddies that shoot a lot smaller. I passed here and they shoot them. I'm cool. Hey, good, good job. Yeah. But, um, squirrel. Damn it, I forgot where I was going. <laughs> oh. Michigan, Michigan growing big deer. Oh, yeah. But the APRs, all they're doing is trying to get the age up. When you get more two and a half year olds, well, you're going to have more three and a half year olds because you can't. You can try to kill all of them, which Michigan does a pretty good job. But you're not going to kill all of them. Yeah, it gets the age class, the structure up. You're not going to have many five. I mean, five and a half year old deer are still going to be a little rarity, and they're going to be in natural life too. I mean, it's hard life out there for a white tail. Yeah, no hunting pressure at all. It's hard for to get them to five, yeah, six. But you will, you'll see more of a natural in the hunt. You can sit there and watch deer. You can watch a year and a half or maybe a small two and a half or whatever. The experience will be a lot better. Yeah, yeah, experience them and watch them and learn. Mm -hmm. It's just the stuff you see when you have diverse age structure, which I didn't learn until later in life. I mean, because I didn't know. Once I saw it, I said, holy shit, look at this. Yeah. (laughs) And the noises they make and how they interact. And it's just incredible. You know, the rut is just insane yeah no i i i i push everybody that hunts in michigan if you have an opportunity to get out of this state and go somewhere else in like a good whitetail state like in ohio or even indiana or kentucky or illinois or kansas or missouri or wisconsin anywhere get outside of michigan and go just go experience it you're gonna come back and be like what are we doing like yep that I mean, it was so eye-opening for me when I moved to Illinois, lived there for a while, moved up to Wisconsin, hunted up there for a while, still hunted Illinois, and then I'd come home and hunt, and I'm just like, this is this isn't normal. Like this is not how how this is supposed to be. In a lot of Michigan hunters, you just you just gotta get out there and experience it and just try something different. Just see it. You're gonna benefit from it. You're 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 gonna see how deer naturally act. Your experience is going to be tenfold what it is currently, and you're you're gonna you're gonna fall in love even more so with hunting whitetail when you get to experience a, I mean, most guy a good three and a half year old buck moving through the woods. You're, it's crazy. It's, it's. You know, and, and I say you're dead on with that if they can get on deer. Yeah, There's something in Michigan that especially here. And with the older generation, especially with the deer boom we've had from the 80s to, you know, now in a lot of areas, I mean, it's came down to some areas, but when you go out of state, at least on public land, then 
I don't see anywhere near the amount of deer. And see, that's what I think a lot of people equate, especially here in Michigan, to a good hunt. Mm-hmm. How many deer did you see? How many deer did you see? Well, I saw two or five. Oh, shit, I saw 25 or 30. I mean, that's what a good hunt is. Or a hunt. No. You know, when I first started hunting, and that's what they think quantity over quality but until they see it. Yeah. They ever experience that. And it's tougher. It's not as easy hunting as here. Yeah, and, and twenty to thirty deer in a sit. I mean, yeah, it, it can happen out of state, but yeah. that's back to like being like the norm. Like that's not that's right. not like a normal thing. I mean, you may have some very special properties. Like I I know of a couple of properties here in Michigan that are extremely special, and you see a lot of mature bucks and a lot of mature does, and you might see fifteen to twenty. Oh, yeah. But yeah. that is that's rare, very very rare. Chad, so I don't keep you too much longer. But I ask this question to most guys on here: is you know, if you could tell yourself, your younger self, one thing that would make you a better hunter as as a kid or when you were younger, what what would that one thing be that you've learned that you wish you knew a long time ago? I think I'd still learn that if I had to, right off the top of my head would be patience. Okay, um, you know, I was. Uh, not very patient, and I'm still not. But uh, you know, I mean, I'd have to think about that for a while. I'm sure I come up with a better answer. But, no, uh, hey, hey, that's you know, if I if I took a poll, that'd probably be ninety percent of what everyone says is patience. Yeah, and be right off the top of my head would be would be patience, and uh, you know, instead of being a bull. But hey, I'm I'm a I'm a bull right now. That's <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I get going. <laughs> I'm still not patient, but. Uh, <laughs> So with my shooting, I mean, I was terrible. You know, with a bow in my hand. I mean, that's part of the love of it. I mean, I, I just could not calm myself down when a deer came in with the bow. I mean, it, I went for years. You know, I wounded some deer. God, I felt terrible. Mm-hmm. And I just, just ugh. And I still think about the poor deer that I shot, never found, and whatever. And, you know, I was like, God, I don't know how I didn't find a deer. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, I missed so many deer, and I mean that, and calming myself down. And it actually took me gambling to get myself. I went to archery leagues and started putting money down. Yeah. It made me get my nerves together and lose money. I don't like <laughs> to lose money. So well, that's well. kind of what, what got me together. Because I, I shot really well once upon a time. I'm old and blind now. But, <laughs> uh, I, like, I like it. Patience, because I'm... That's something I need to work on with with bow hunting. Is I get so excited when the deer comes in, or an elk, or even a turkey. Like 
I, and I have it, I had it written on my bow as, is you know, settle in the pocket and just squeeze. Like, so when I'm at full draw, I read that on my riser and then I focus in on my pins. Just, I need something to stop me and just remind me of that. And patience, patience, patience. So I like it. But, but hey, man. Don't, get that, don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's the reason you hunt, though. It gets that, uh, yeah. you know. The day the day that I'm calm when that happens is the day I I realize that I shouldn't be in the woods. If I'm if it doesn't get me going and get me super excited, then I I don't need to be out there. Yep. So anyway, all right, Chad. Well, hey, I appreciate you taking a little bit of time out of your day. Well, over an hour of of your day and chatting with me. I know it's we've kind of been bouncing back and forth and trying to get connected, but I appreciate you taking the time. Oh, no problem. Like I said, I have no power right now, so nothing else to do. <laughs> All right. And then if you want to do, I mean, you want to talk or you're all right well i'll have to get a poll from everybody and see if they want to hear more on it for sure but no i I really do appreciate you coming on thanks again chad for coming on i appreciate our conversation i do believe there is light at the end of the tunnel i i know at the end of the the podcast we kind of got and to a rant about the apr single buck tags things like that it just geeks me out and chad being a guy that kind of was on the forefront of it for a while i i just kind of dove into that and wanted to hear more but I, I do believe there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Michigan is year after year we're getting and seeing more big bucks being being harvested in our state. That's because guys are letting smaller deer go. Um, one, it's just it's healthier for for the deer herd to have a healthy age class and not so many young bucks being harvested and. Just let them get to two and a half or three and a half or four and a half. And I love the idea of APRs. Um, I, I, I don't know. It's just so much controversy, and I don't know what the answer is. But uh, I love talking to guys and just hearing their thoughts. So thanks again. Um, again, happy Father's Day to all the dads out there. Uh, we appreciate you guys because you're the ones that most of you are the ones that got us hunters into the woods and just passed on that tradition. Um, and all those guys that, you know, are helping other kids and other people get into the woods that you're not a father to or anything like that. We, we appreciate you guys as well. Cause, um, it is, uh, we're on a downslope right now in the hunting recruitment. So, Get someone new into the woods this year. I know I'm going to try. Um, but as always, guys, we appreciate you listening and tuning in. Get over to iTunes, like, subscribe, leave us a comment. It helps spread the word on what we're doing. Um, we would appreciate it. So stay stealthy and strive to become a Nimrod. Nimrod.